0: My name is Laurens Jacht, and welcome to Cybersecurity Talks, the interview podcast for cybersecurity professionals and for those who aspire to become one. And in this podcast, I interview industry experts and explore what it's like to work in the cybersecurity domain. Join us on our journey and learn about the latest trends, real-life war stories, and everything you need to know about this fascinating industry. Welcome back to another episode of Cybersecurity Talks. We're very excited to announce today's guest, Jord Kollering. Jord has been in the IT industry for over 20 years. He has worked for some amazing tech companies such as Dell, SonicWall, SecureWorks, and he's currently working at Orange Cyber Defense. He previously held the position of Head of Security Consulting and Ethical Hacking, and now he holds the position of Manager of Security Architecture and Security Services. Jord is frequently featured in the media. He's been on the BNS, uh, BNN News Radio and also on the Dutch Financial Newspaper. He has his own website and he's also a regular podcast uh, guest. So uh, we are very, very excited to have you on the show. Jord, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the invitation.
0: What you need to know about me. What meal do you start your day with?
1: (laughs) I don't start with a meal. I start with a coffee.
0: Proper. Android or iOS? iOS. What's your favorite phone app?
1: Um, I think it would be Reddit. Working from home,
0: office or Mix? Mix. Are you a gamer? Yeah, sometimes. What do you play? I play uh, first-person shooters. Laptop, desktop, server, or VM?
1: Desktop. What's a guilty pleasure of yours? Buying a lot of music.
0: Okay. Any uh, particular genre?
1: I'm, I'm a collector, and uh, th- th- I, I, yeah every week there is a lot of uh, music coming in on vinyl or CDs, and I have a broad uh, yeah, interest in different types of music. Uh-huh. What I like, I buy. I'm the, I'm the old fashioned guy that needs to hold the CD and the final in his hand while listening.
0: Yeah, you're like an LP collector. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cloud or on prem? Uh, uh, on prem. First word that comes to mind when I say cybersecurity? Specialist. And your password is?
1: 1234.
0: <laughs> That's very good. You're well trained.
1: <laughs> this is a public service announcement.
0: Do you want to work with the next generation of cybersecurity professionals? Or do you want to start a career in cybersecurity yourself? then join us because we're on a mission to close the cybersecurity talent gap. We started a new educational company called The Guardianship. Here we train digital talent to become the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. For more information, go to theguardianship.nl. That is theguardianship.nl. Now let's get back to the episode. The beginnings. Uh, I, I want to start off with the beginning of, of your career. I think you started your career around uh, the 2000, 2001, and, and uh, you joined Dell. I think that was a, a very uh, a well-known company already back then, but they had some amazing growth. What was it like to start there as a, as a young professional?
1: It was uh, it was during the e-bubble time. Uh, it was a massive growth. Uh, PCs, laptops, servers, storage was uh, being ordered like uh, like crazy. And it was a really interesting start for myself. You know, I've been always been working with computers in my private life. Uh, I started with an a 8086 uh, PC at home and uh, started to program. And uh, this was a step up. And I joined as, uh, as an inside sales. So that was uh, totally different. I have some sales background. And uh, yeah, then I started at a technology company called Dell it was not that known but uh the majority of the people who known dell was uh by consumer market yeah and uh, we were ramping up uh, in the enterprise market so it was uh, really interesting yeah
0: but you worked there for 11 years so you probably also saw the growth happening firsthand and you you mentioned we we went to also uh reaching out to enterprise clients yeah what was your role uh, during those 11 years I
1: started as an inside sales account manager uh, solely, and that was uh, just a cold calling. And uh, I remembered uh, the first weeks, you know, I got this uh, Excel file with a lot of customers. And uh, during that time, it was just like uh, where the uh, uh, Dell company started in Texas, in Austin. (laughs) It was like cowboy mentality. And uh, it was cold calling and uh, calling all kinds of clients and uh, try to see if they are interested in, in talking to me and buying something from me. And it was pretty hard because uh, I was a lot younger than I am right now and uh, people just uh, yeah dropped the phone. And I was like, okay, that happened once and then the second to drop the phone and they said, yeah, I don't want to talk to you. I've already uh, a vendor. And uh, so it was pretty tough. And uh, you know, a couple of times it came up to my mind to, uh, yeah, to resign because I was like, this is crazy. But uh, then you're just finding and, and tweaking yourself, uh, you know, to uh, to do it in a different way. And that's all about life, you know, uh, doing things differently and to become successful.
0: Yeah. But I think it, it is a good experience to get a lot of no because you also build resilience and, and you toughen up a little bit and y- you have to pivot because you see, okay, this is not working. So I have to try something different or have a different approach. Yeah. I feel a lot of... Um, Yeah, successful people uh, dealt with a lot of uh, rejections early on in their career. And if you never have that, if it goes super smooth from day one, and maybe you don't build the resilience to to actually move forward.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, you know,
0: uh,
1: I had the opportunity to fail a couple of times. And I failed many times in my career. Uh, and, And I think that makes you even stronger. You learn from your mistakes. And uh, and negativity as well, uh, and that's what life is all about, you know, to overcome uh, challenges, yeah. and always to be adaptive of what's happening and what is crossing your path.
0: Yeah, as sort of the obstacle is the way that. Uh, yeah. That mentality. Yeah. 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 Okay. Ah, nice. And uh, you started then more on the regular IT hardware side of things. What was your first encounter with cybersecurity?
1: That was, uh, uh, yeah, a long time ago, <laughs> but I was uh, moving from inside sales uh, towards uh, uh, central government and I was uh, serving uh, the clients that are operating in public security and defense. So I was getting more closely to security and more close to physical security. Um, and uh, yeah, the clients were asking a lot of questions on security and that got me uh, yeah interested into the field of uh, security much more.
0: Yeah and that was maybe more the the physical security because i think your your clients were in the nato and the, the dutch police force and ministry of defense uh, did you feel different serving those type of clients versus regular commercial clients did you feel a bigger responsibility to to help them well yeah it,
1: it was a responsibility because you know it's it's uh, it's supplying the the government agencies that are uh, making uh, the 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 country a little bit safer and protect them from uh, from criminals on the street or you know maybe from nation states from outside but uh, every organization within that domain of public security and defense uh, had their you know, they're uh, starting small operations into the field of security. So they were questioning about uh, such as crypto boxes to protect their lines. Uh, they were asking about firewalls and uh, mis- sometimes uh, the the very proprietary, unique uh, software. Uh, and I was investigated because, you know, they they got me and I was jumping into that. And uh, that's how the thing all started. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, interesting. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, say around 2010, what what was the security, the cyber security market like then? Was was Dell already st- tapping into this market? Because if, if clients like this have a lot of questions around the product, were were you the one giving the feedback back to Dell? Like we we need to step up our game when it comes to real hardcore security. Or how did it came about?
1: Um, it, it it was already like uh, organizing uh, Dell at that moment uh, from 2007 was already uh, uh, on an acquisition path. Uh, they were looking at their portfolio and there were some gaps uh, in, in the portfolio. so they were just uh, looking out in the field uh, what's missing and what could we uh, add to our portfolio. And basically that started uh, somewhere between 2010 and 2012 where uh, Dell Security was uh, founded. And a lot of uh, yeah technology uh, and also experience from uh, from specialists were joining Dell at that moment, and that was the actually start of myself into cybersecurity.
0: Then you knew I, I need to switch. Yeah,
1: this this is the moment. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you went pretty hardcore. I think you've been in in the cybersecurity field ever since.
1: Yeah, I've never stepped away. You know, it's it's my passion. Uh, you know, if, if you would ask, you know, passion. <laughs> If it would be like music and and cybersecurity, that would be a very difficult answer for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then at a certain point, you decide to join uh, SonicWall. That's of course a more dedicated cybersecurity company. What what was yeah. the the reason to join them? What was so appealing? Um,
1: well, they asked me, uh, and and they become a part of, of of Dell Technologies uh, during that time. So it was basically uh, moving to another department in the same company uh and that was really uh interesting because i uh, got the opportunity to work with uh, very interesting and skilled people uh and got into the cybersecurity within a vendor that was uh, delivering from uh security remote access to firewalls uh so that th- that was yeah that was interesting because that really opened the doors into the field of cybersecurity
0: yeah and you became a evangelist a cybersecurity evangelist yeah I want to <laughs> teach you a little bit, but some people are uh, very allergic to that term, evangelist. What, what's your definition of that? Um, yeah, but yeah. people
1: always quite often ask me, you know, you, what do you mean by that? And uh, yeah, it's, they often think that uh, it's related to religion. Well, it's basically a religion. Uh, I try to, uh, to evangelize uh, security and privacy in the best manner. Uh, we need to take that uh, as a serious consideration in yeah, moving near to the future because it's affecting uh, all of us, uh, not only individuals, but also companies and, and, and countries. And uh, I try to yeah, to explain that to the world in uh, sometimes in a basic manner uh, when I'm giving lectures at school, but also more in an intermediate level to organizations to get a better understanding. What I've seen during that time um, when I took that name upon me uh, was that uh, there was a lot of boom, boom in the market uh, and everybody was like, oh, uh, it's scary and it's difficult and watch out. And I tried to change that way of uh, yeah, uh, making cybersecurity on top of mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do that nowadays?
1: It's still the same. Uh, I try to, uh, to, to get the understanding over to every, uh, level in an organization and I try not to, uh, yet talk uh, about the bad stories or the things that happening, but to get a better understanding of what is happening around in the world. And also in terms of that, uh, analog and digital is intertwined but also personal and business is also intertwined. And that's making even more difficulties for organizations to have, uh, yeah, uh, secure their enterprises. So, and to come there, you need to explain that, yeah, clearly and not by, you know, boom, boom, it's a bad world and, uh, you know, all the bad stories and uh, they got hacked. uh, So they got hacked as well. And now you're next, you know, that's not, uh, that's not the case.
0: Yeah, I, I like it about you that you're not selling a fear factor, and and uh, y- you really see it as a as a religion, indeed.
1: We are not winning.
0: But it's also interesting to see that maybe individuals and businesses they operate, of course, in different ways, and I think the security levels that they might have are also different. Because because you're the first one that actually said it's intertwined. So uh, an employee comes into the office and. What happens then with security? So the, the person itself also needs to be secure. Otherwise, it might harm the company, but vice versa as well. So that's an interesting uh, relation there.
1: Yeah, and it's also difficult. Uh, you know, the, the, the security, we should be embracing security and privacy. And I always uh, look out for analogies uh, to, to have what's something what's happened in the past in the analog world and to reflect that on the digital world because it's all the same. If you look back in the history, uh, uh, security through the ages, it's all about uh, improvement. You know, the first castle that was being built was not the best castle. You know, there's always improvement. Uh, so uh, exactly with 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 uh, passwords, you know, uh, when uh, there was a guard at the, at the castle and you had to, uh, to say a password uh, to get in you know, that could easily bypass. So they continuously improve the way how they are using passwords. So you had to hold like a golden bucket uh, or a coin to prove that you are just uh, coming from the other king. But it's it's continuous improvement and uh, security through the ages is always like, uh, for me, able to translate that towards organizations that it's an ongoing process. And it's not something for today and tomorrow, but it's uh, going into the
0: future and where are we standing you feel because you've been in the industry for so long are we winning the war or should we be concerned yeah we should be cautious gosh (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) to say something different yeah um uh, we are not winning Uh, we are succeeding in in many ways and i love to see collaboration between like uh, the government and and commercial organizations because that's that's strengthening the, uh, the ability to counterattack the, uh, the, the cyber criminals and cyber warfare. And uh, it, it's getting difficult. Uh, I mentioned many times that technology is uh, closely followed by cyber crime and cyber warfare. And actually that means that anything that we invent could be uh, used against us. And we have seen it in the past. Uh, we've seen it with encryption. Uh, you know, we uh, put encryption in effect to uh, protect ourselves that anyone can see our data or intercept our data. But now you see that encryption is being used to uh, mimic uh, the activities of an uh, of an, uh, a criminal or a nation state, but also being used as ransomware, as an end goal of an hack. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this, everything what we invent and what we use could be, used against us so if you look further in 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 the future and we're going to talk later about it uh it's it's going to be challenging
0: yeah yeah because technology can backfire us That that's yeah. sort of what you're saying yeah. yeah yeah and what are some current technologies that that are maybe about to go market that that you feel could be a, a huge issue in the next couple of years
1: um you see a shift in attacks uh, for example ransomware was uh, in, in back in the years it was mainly focused uh, as a single factor so it was uh, focused on individuals and today you see it as focused on enterprises because they can gain a lot of more money uh, from an enterprise rather than a few individuals um what you see as well is is that things are more automated so, uh, the, the, the human, uh, factor is still, uh, necessary, but they automate a lot of attacks. So uh, it's speeding up. So if the, the, the attacks are going faster, you na- you need to respond faster. So yeah, that, those are the, the challenging things that are right, uh, happening all.
0: Yeah. And from a technology perspective, before we started podcast, you mentioned like deep fake and are those technologies that, that, uh could really be threatening us as a society.
1: Yeah, of course, uh, deep fakes and deep voice. Uh, I've seen TrueSync, uh, all kinds of technologies because technology is improving. Uh, look at the, 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 the cell phone that you have in your pocket uh it's 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 a computer you know uh, normally we would sit behind a, a big uh, desktop with a with a monitor on it and now we have a computer in our pocket we can do everything we can email we can uh, we can make phone calls we can take pictures uh there's a gps tracker in it you know you can uh, localize yourself so the opportunity is there and uh the um uh the cpus are getting faster so the attacks will improve as well and also the technology gives a lot of opportunity for cyber criminals and nation states to yeah, take advantage on that with deep fakes. Yeah. And you could spread misinformation, disinformation with deep fakes or deep voices. Uh, yeah, you could use it with social engineering, for example, uh, deep fakes that uh, there's a message from the CEO. This is a video that you need to watch. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities and yeah. therefore very challenging in the future
0: yeah so th- th- this will always be a-, a continuous game
1: yeah it's a cat and mouse yeah yeah, yeah the 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 attacker uh, thinks about something to uh yeah to uh to attack you and the, the defender has always to succeed
0: yeah I, they can I like fail that. yeah so it's new technology means new opportunity for hackers
1: yeah completely yeah and that's what i always talk about about the ever-evolving threat landscape yeah something what's hot uh, today will be not for tomorrow because yep. something new is being invented and they they learn as well and it's it's a whole ecosystem so uh, what might not be successful with a certain uh, uh, victim could be optimized for the next victim or could be changed yeah. and and they always change in behavior yeah. Uh, the, uh for example, the the cyber criminals, they were very organized. Uh, they had re- recruiters, they had code injectors, uh, the malware writers, and it was like uh, a, a company, and now you see that uh, that the um, defenders are more closely uh to to see what their activities are, and now they are more fragmented. So you have the initial access brokers or the ransomware deployers. So they're more fragmented, so difficult to uh, to catch.
0: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. With with the future threats, because you've also been uh, the, the head of a, a team of ethical hackers. What what are some technology waves that that they would already look into? So so, what are some things that we might not see on the news, but? that are already uh, threatening us
1: oh interesting question because everybody's asking that you now do you have some like uh, like really hollywood m- movie blockbuster stories and uh, to be honest um you know hackers are always looking for the low-hanging fruit so if you talk about sophisticated attacks um if you look at cyber criminals you know they they they, they have a different uh, uh interest if it doesn't work with you, they pass on to your neighbor. You know, they're, they're just a little bit easy and lazy, perhaps. But the most sophisticated attacks come from nation states. You know, they are just, they get an, uh, an order from their government uh, and they don't stop until they get another order. So they will find and go beyond the low-hanging fruit to attack organizations or entities or countries. That's the big difference. That's scary. Uh, yeah. If, if you look at the, uh, the pandemic right now in, in Ukraine and uh, Russia, um, everybody was like, okay, now the cyber warfare will start. And, uh, but it already happened. If you look back in 2008, what Russia was doing with Georgia, it's the same tactics and procedures that they used in Ukraine. But now we were better uh, prepared. Well, Ukraine was better prepared. Uh, And and there you see the lacking from 2008 and now in 2022, there's a difference for Russia, especially when the analog war started. Uh, They have uh, not the sophisticated and the high technology rated uh, weapons as Ukraine got provided. My Evangelist Role
0: and what's, what's your role as an evangelist now, do you also advise um, yeah, still ministries or, or, or government organizations? Because with the, the Russian war, I think the, the threats also increase. So if you think about critical infrastructure companies, um, what, what's your role there? Do, are you, do you feel you're taking more serious now than maybe 10 years ago? Um, yeah, I think I think the interest for cybersecurity is
1: uh, is growing. Uh, organizations are aware that the threat is out there and that they might be a victim of an attack. Um, Ten years ago, was uh, everybody was like, "Yeah, I'm not that big company. I'm not that huge bank, you know, where they they have a lot of interest for." Uh, everybody could be a suspect for a victim. Uh, and to be attacked as well. So um, yeah, a lot of organizations are more clearly listening because they are um, in. They are growing in maturity as well. Uh, they assigned uh, an information security officer. They are doing a lot more with security. Uh, they are looking by security by design or privacy by design, so it's it's uh, it's, it's it's ramping up because because also law and regulations are forcing organizations and countries uh, and other countries outside for Europe, uh, especially with GDPR, to do something about security and privacy.
0: Yeah, that's a it's a good movement, and perhaps the the role as a cybersecurity professional also became. Different. How would you advise, uh, say, the young generation to to keep uh, up to date, or, or how do you collect your your news in this in this field?
1: Yeah, for the new generation and the new uh, young professionals, uh, I've seen many young professionals that jumped into, and where I saw the the yeah the new frontier uh, moving away and getting more into the uh, technology field. Sometimes they jump in, and they, it's it's an overwhelming an amount of information and technology and vendors and uh, and products that are out there that they get confused, and they are just like, okay, I cannot carry this. So I always try to advise them to focus on one specific uh, area of interest in the cybersecurity field, and to start there to uh, to make it your own and explore further when you have like the uh, the knowledge of that specific
0: area of interest yeah i i agree because it's such a broad field by now eh? you can be doing something in pen testing you can do blue teaming you can do forensics you can do privacy so the, the field has grown so big but would it be good for young professionals perhaps to showcase different disciplines so if you already start in identity access management maybe you become a specialist there but then you've maybe only seen five of, percent of the total work that's out there in in security
1: yeah if you start somewhere uh, you will be introduced with new uh, verbs or uh, acronyms or technology that could step you towards the next uh, step for you to explore in the cybersecurity field.
0: But would you start very broad and then pick a specialization or or do you say first become good at a specific topic and build from there?
1: I think uh, from a specific topic and build from there because otherwise uh, you are consuming a lot of information and you become rather a generalist than a specialist. What specific topic do we need more specialists, do you think? Uh, there are chances and possibilities in every, <laughs> every, <area. Really>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. if, if we, I looked at the company where I'm working uh, with or in cyber defense, uh, we are, uh, yeah, we have a lot of vacancies in different roles and departments and, and that's the same case with every other organization operating in the field of cybersecurity. So there's, uh, there's a lot of vacancies, uh, but, uh, there are not many applicants.
0: Yeah, no, I can. I can really relate to that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we also started something new that we develop our own uh, talent pool, and, and uh, that's just people with a digital mindset and, and, uh, and let try to introduce them to this field. And, and so far, people really like it, but they do feel a bit overwhelmed in the beginning. Like, there's so, always oh, this field so big? I thought it was only for super mathematical people and... uh scientific approach but there's so much work out there
1: yeah there's yeah. a lot of work and uh that's why i i often give lectures uh for schools also to introduce uh students young students uh, to go into the field of cybersecurity, because yeah. there's a lot of work to do there and uh, we need uh, new uh, new young professionals
0: yeah i think you're succeeding very well as an evangelist <laughs> yeah <laughs> you doing a great job
1: I am a people manager.
0: But eventually you went uh, to join Orange Cyber Defense or did they change names?
1: Yeah, after that time I got uh, uh, I got hired by uh, SecureLink. Uh, and SecureLink was at that time uh, growing exponentially. Um, they were uh, already acquiring some companies in uh, in Europe. And in 2020 they changed uh, from SecureLink uh, towards uh, Orange Cyber Defense because Orange had a separation of Orange Cyber Defense uh, acquiring uh, Securing Group, uh, Secure Data, and SensePost, uh, the ethical hacking company.
0: Yeah, and you became also the head of the the ethical hacking group, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, in the Netherlands uh, with ethical hackers and security consultants, and that was a very interesting time because I got sucked into a different area of uh, of cybersecurity, and it's really. Great to work with such uh, motivated and driven uh, security specialists that find the holes that uh, most people think they are, are covered. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, what is it like to team up with uh, this group of ethical hackers?
1: Um, it's it's uh, it's interesting. They have such a broad knowledge, uh, and uh, yeah, we were exploring different activities with clients, and everybody thinks it's always technical, but we combine the. Uh, the strengths of analog and uh, digital together to uh, achieve the assessment that we were performing. So quite interesting, and uh, yeah, with the consultants as well uh, mm-hmm. from a different side. You know, they were assessing uh, organizations on the soft side, on information security, and the ethical hackers on the on the on the hard side, the technical side. And uh, that's really interesting if you combine those two worlds together. You, are, you have the ability to um, inform organizations to grow and thrive uh, on their maturity and resilience towards information security
0: yeah it's nice that you work with both parties yeah so, so the the people that can can do the research and find the vulnerabilities and, and then also the consultants that can explain how to mitigate the risks
1: yeah and also the the uh, the different aspects in the organization some sometimes the organization say okay yeah we have that in place and it's all secured because uh what the security consultants do is like interview based uh but what the ethical hackers do is, is like you know they touch the uh, the infrastructure and yeah. then there's a yeah a, a difference between what people say and what actually the fact is
0: yeah so the ethical hackers come in uh, like, okay, challenge accepted. We, <laughs> yeah. We're going to uh, rumble it up a little bit here.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it's confronting organizations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how was it for you? Because maybe this is then the first time that you managing such a, a big group of people, hardcore cybersecurity specialists, and also with two different disciplines. What does it take to be a, a successful manager in, in cybersecurity?
1: I'm a people manager. We work with people, uh, organizations buy from people. Uh, So people uh, is really important to me and uh, I love working with them. And I would uh, always look out to maximize uh, the ability to do their job. Uh, And uh, I always say, uh, let me take away the noise around you. Uh, so they can flourish in their role. So I'm focusing on the, on the individuals and the individuals and the team is making it happen.
0: Is there also something you had to learn the hard way of, of being a manager in this field?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Because not everything is possible. I'm what just a manager that? from a department and and then you have the organization and not everything is possible. Um, so sometimes I'm, uh, I'm fighting myself because I could not make it happen. Uh, so, because there, there are, uh, yeah, uh, policy structures, uh, things that we need to take in consideration and we always have to follow the rules, uh, especially also out in the field, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, legal, uh, activities versus illegal activities. And 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 that's where the uh, diplomatic
0: way of managing a team comes in effect. An unfinished job. We we've touched sort of how you started in the field, how you jumped into security, and and uh, that you joined a really hardcore security vendor. And, and by a different step, you you came now in a very interesting position. Uh, but what what what's next? What what uh, what would you still like to achieve? In, in the years ahead because i have a feeling you're going to stay in this field um i'm, I'm uh, yeah i won't leave for no. the <laughs> next 10 years for sure <laughs> I, I i'm i'm
1: staying no i think uh my job is uh is unfinished uh, uh especially if if you talk about the security privacy evangelist um th- there's still a task need to be fulfilled uh a lot is happening uh, the world is changing uh, organizations are changing uh, the threats are changing so there's plenty of work to do and I love to work with people and even with young professionals uh, to take them on a journey and also with the clients uh, to protect ourselves and uh, build towards a safer digital society
0: and do you feel already proud of what you have achieved now yeah yeah I'm proud if i if I look back and
1: I don't often look back because I'm not going that direction, um, but I'm proud. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm proud that I made uh, uh, myself uh, successful. I'm proud that I helped clients and customers, and I'm proud that I helped colleagues and young professionals.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, and also that you're spreading the the word. And and um, when we talk about being proud, say we we go five years from now or ten years from now what would make you super proud by then? Are there some, some uh, big challenges within the field that you would still like to solve? Uh,
1: I would go back to the people. Uh, if, 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 if my team is performing, if my team is exceeding themselves, if, uh, if the client is happy, uh, I'm proud of my team. I'm always proud and i always try because you know i'm a public uh, figure uh, with uh, with cybersecurity and i always try to uh, to take uh, my colleagues uh, on the same stage uh, i'm pushing into that direction because it's not only me it's it's i have a whole team that is doing a great job yeah that would me uh, make me proud in the future
0: to increase also the visibility yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because what I, I appreciated before we started the conversation that you also don't believe in, in competitors, that you look, okay, what are competitors doing in the market? Because this is such a an important topic that that you don't even like to say the word competitor because we're all in the same business and we all have the same mission to, to make uh, the digital society safer. So it's, yeah, why not partner up? Uh, or you should partner up instead of uh, trying to outcompete each other. But that's uh... yeah, it, it, exactly.
1: It's it's the you know uh, I, I strongly believe in collaboration. If we would, uh, if if we try to win this game, we need to collaborate. And that's not only on the, on, the, on the government side and with commercial side. It's also between commercial organizations. Uh, th- th- yeah, the word is 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 nasty because we are partners in crime, fighting crime. Basically it's that yeah. and we can learn from each other and we could share a lot of information and knowledge. And that's why I love to participate in different, uh, events, but also I'm a member of uh, the Dutch cyber warfare community where we share, uh, share knowledge and experiences so we can learn and we can adapt on that and, uh, and, and make ourselves better.
0: Yeah. Partners in crime, fighting crime. I, yeah. I, yeah. That's a beautiful sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And you also mentioned that people is is a, is a, yeah, a big thing in the market and also something that, that you pride yourself upon. Um, what do you see happening if, if we look at the talent in the market and, and finding the right people for the right positions?
1: It, it's challenging. Uh, we We are seeking out for a lot of people. Uh, within our org- organization, we have a university program, uh, and they're, uh, joined uh, several people with different backgrounds. So even including non-IT, uh, and I think that's a great jump into the field of cybersecurity. Yeah. Uh, everybody has a different experience, but also cybersecurity is so wide, um, that, uh, even people with a non-technical background can jump in because they have a different approach, a pragmatic, uh, thinking how to combat uh, or overcome uh, challenges. So yeah. we should embrace that and uh, and and don't make it too difficult or nerdy, because uh, cybersecurity won't fade away in the coming years. It's coming, becoming bigger and and much more uh, uh, to be used by organizations and individuals.
0: Yeah, because if you look at the supply and demand for for talent in this market, it it it's, it's not going in the right direction. So the amount of vacancies will only increase for the, for the years to come. So I think it's very important that also new talent will enter the market. So I think these types of initiatives, uh, universities, academies within organizations as well, that that's going to be a very important thing because otherwise these vacancies are not going to be resolved. You can find people from other countries or other places, but then you just move the problem from one place to the other because the problem remains. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that this is uh, this is more my personal mission, but I, I think uh, part of your mission is it's also about the people in a way.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 a great job of what you guys are doing. You know, that's uh, we need to attract more people, but also give uh, young professionals the opportunity to become a cybersecurity professional and i always try to inspire uh, with the lecturing on, on on schools uh to inspire people to go for there uh and, and and they always think oh i need a very strong technical background yeah it's important you know it it will speed you up if you have a technical background but uh you can anything can be learned
0: yeah yeah i agree and um to sort of go to a closure of, of the conversation um are there any things that that you would like to share uh, as as the evangelist that you <laughs> that you have become? Uh, what what are things that uh, you would like to share with with uh, our listeners?
1: Um, uh, we should be cautious and cautious in every step what we do. Uh, we live in a security and privacy paradox. You know, we uh, it's really important, but we uh, yeah often neglect it. You know, we don't do anything with it. Uh, and we are very optimistic, too optimistic in, uh, in believing all the technologies that are uh, around us. And we should be cautious about that. Uh, we often forget what the consequences are on, uh, in, in the near future. So, um, yeah, adopting old technologies uh, don't take everything for, uh, for, for an easy uh, way of living or working you know read uh read the stuff do uh, some uh, exploration about what you are going to use and how you're going to do uh yeah take that in your life
0: yeah I, I i learned this while doing the podcast that uh i think it was bert Heiding who said like with every bit of privacy you give away can be an Albert Heijn bonus card or or every time you get a little discount, you basically give away a bit of privacy. So you have to fill in some details and uh, by doing so, you, you get a little bit of discount. So all the time you're giving away your, your privacy, uh, but you do it almost unconsciously. But I think what you're saying is also be be aware that this is happening.
1: Yeah, privacy is, uh, you know, it's always an interesting topic. Uh, Privacy, everybody was like, you know, I have nothing to hide. But when you talk about privacy uh, in depth and you you are sharing like examples, then people say, yeah, I do have something to hide. Uh, But uh, it's the same with the introduction of cameras on the street. Uh, Everybody was like, you know, this is bad and this is bad for privacy. Now, take a look outside here in Amsterdam. Uh, you see cameras uh, everywhere, but also beaconing systems, you know, tracking you uh, on Bluetooth and on Wi-Fi. And it's the same what, what Bert said, you know, uh, people are registering everywhere, uh, giving their emails away. Uh, and it's, it, it's a changing how organizations take the benefit of uh, mining data without consent, because people yeah, uh, sign up with your email address for another 10% discount. So they are getting already some extra information from you. They know what your preferences are. So, and they're going to benefit from that. And the biggest example is Facebook, for example. You know, everybody thought, you know, this is like, cool, the the digital Facebook, you know, and and see what kind of company it has become with uh, many scandals uh, in in, in the past years.
0: Yeah, and how can we prevent giving too much privacy away. Do you have some advice on that? It's uh,
1: uh, education, education. You know, we use technology if it's already there for like 30, 50 years, Uh, and it is, but we don't, yeah, we don't uh, do a proper research how to use that and how to protect ourselves. And it's always about ease of use. So that's why we put security and privacy aside. If if you want to go to uh, to a website, it has to be fast. It has to be ease of use, and not uh, clicking away banners and all the, the 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 difficult stuff. It's the same with uh, uh, people accepting like uh and uh, user license agreements. If I ask you know who knows an OLA and it's like, what's that? it is an end user license agreement if you install an app or a software application or you go to a certain website you know there's always like uh terms and
0: conditions the 60 and 70 pages yeah and
1: and people just scroll down as fast as they can if it's like except, a match. Except, yeah. <laughs> and then they click accept yeah but they don't know
0: uh what they accept yeah i uh, we could talk hours about this stuff i i also find it very interesting and i think people should be more aware and that's also yeah good that that you are Doing things like this to to educate people, yeah, yeah. Keep up the good work, thanks. And uh, the final question is is uh, is always the same, so I want to ask you that as well. It's, if you can send one signal out to all the CISOs across the world, what would uh, that message say? Be cautious. Be cautious. Yeah. yeah, but that can go to all the people out there, not that everybody. The yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, I like that a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Laurence, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cybersecurity Talks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode with the latest trends, war stories, and exciting career anecdotes. If you enjoyed the show, please review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, could you do me one small favor? Could you please share this podcast with one friend that you think would like the show just as much as you do? Thank you. And for all further information, please go to csrecruitment.com nl/talks, and subscribe to this podcast. We will be back with another exciting episode in just two weeks. So see you next time, and stay safe.